breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Business helping keep your connected devices protected. Restrictions apply. Requires Comcast Business Internet, Least Router, and Security Edge. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and uh, in studio with us, Doctor Philip Roseman. Uh, Philip, you were the um, chairman of the Master Plan Committee. Yeah, I was co-chair with David Aubrey of the uh, Master Plan Committee, the Community Advisory Group. Now, it's interesting. I'm looking at the Master Plan. You made a statement a moment ago when we were uh, off mic, getting ready to discuss this, that you said, you know, this is the 2030 Master Plan. And we need to be implementing it at this point, not trying to change it. Right. I mean, this is the 2030 master plan, and it's meant to be implemented. We should be working on it. Our leaders should be working on it. Uh, this wasn't done behind the scenes in a small room with a limited number of people. Uh, kudos, basically, to Mayor Glover at the time and the council and the commission and the MPC at the time. Uh, Open this up to the public. We had over a 1,000 people. We met in every high school in the city. We met at the convention center. Uh, we listened to people. We pri- had people prioritize what was important uh, to them and what was important for our community. Um, and now taking it back back into the dark room again with one person uh, and the MPC, that's not the way uh, to build confidence you know, in in what we're doing with the master plan. What was the master plan when when you guys got together? It was a large group that worked on it. Um, you had different committees that worked on different areas. I understand it. Uh, was it intended that you were going to tweak it? That it would be updated from time to time? Well, it should be looked at and uh, updated at the uh, really close to where we are in 2030. When we look and see where we've been, what we've done. Uh, and uh, where we need to go from there. Um, but, uh, you know, it was meant to there, – there's a lot on there that's being worked on right now, and we should be spending our efforts doing that. We don't need to be using it as a political tool, which in some ways I think this may be part of that. Um, only one company submitted a proposal when the MPC sent out on RFP. Only one company responded. Um, and that company has subcontractors that are with pretty strong ties to the Allendale Strong Group. Um, I said I smelled a dead fish. Do you smell something different? No, I mean, it's 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 worrisome. Um, you know, there's certainly conflicts of interest here that I think are significant. Uh, there's people with singular interests that are, I think, working against the common interest of the community uh, and against the will of the community. Uh, And the idea of a master plan is to develop something that's the will of a community, something we can look forward to and move toward uh, as uh, as we go through the future. They're definitely, they definitely need to stop uh, today and rethink 
So they're uh, meeting today at 3 o'clock, the Metropolitan Planning Commission, to uh, to vote on whether or not to accept this proposal, the one proposal they got from their RFP. Uh, if you could address the commission right now, what would you say to the to the Metropolitan Planning Commission? Well, I, I think there's a, a lot of concern about the difference between common interests and singular interests, as I discussed a minute ago. Um, I think there's going to be complete loss of confidence in the community uh, from the community for the MPC uh, if they go forward with this. Uh, the letter from uh, 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 Mr. Magner, Dr. Magner, uh, and uh, and the Committee of a Hundred was uh, uh, I'm truthful um, because Tim is a very truthful individual uh and uh i think there's uh if i would tell them you need to rethink this uh put it away i really think you need to just get to work on the master plan but you definitely don't do the say yes to just one rfp uh and something as major as turning around a master plan and if somebody's just joining us by the way the one rfp is we're talking about the i-49 interconnector we haven't mentioned that this morning uh, we talked about that yesterday at at, at length uh, but that's what it that's what has become a major concern right now there's a, a group that opposes finishing i-49 uh, mm-hmm. through through the group allendale strong and this rfp that received only one proposal and uh, now the um, Metropolitan Planning Commission is, is voting on whether or not to accept that one proposal. Or should they step back, regroup, and uh, resubmit another RFP? I think they need to step back, regroup, and and start implementing the master plan. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even think it's wise to step back and do another RV, RFP. If, they, if that's what they need, that needs, we need to know exactly why. Yeah, who, uh, who sparked that? that? Yeah, why, I have no why did idea. This come about? I mean, that's that's the question. Mm-hmm. Where did it come from? Um, you know, and what are they intending to do? And nobody's answered that question. I suppose they're going to answer that today uh, in their meeting. I would hope, um, but I I don't I don't think there's a need to revise the master plan right now. Uh, you you need to show the reason uh, that it's necessary. I got a text just now from the, uh, some folks with the Allendale Strong who said, quote, Lavette Fuller set up the tweak on the master plan when she was on the city council, and the council approved it. Uh, did you have any knowledge about that? Do not know. Okay, so we'll have to reach out to her and find out why she wanted it tweaked. I mean, she, is it, it – a lot of people are suspecting it is only about changing the I-49 inner city connector and nothing else. And And why? Yeah. So let's find out why. Okay. And uh, let's make a determination uh, about that, uh, whether it's meaningful enough to to go into a revision. Uh, there have been, LeVette Fuller had been, has worked positively with the master plan in her time as council. Jeff Everson, Epperson was another one that worked positively with the master plan and moved efforts forward. And uh, we, we need to find the champions uh, of today. Uh, to move forward the the vision of the master plan. Got another question on my text for you from a state rep who says, ask Dr. Roseman, quote, for exactly what his master plan envisioned for Shreveport for 2030. 
That's a long answer. But <laughs> I, I would say, first of all, we envisioned um, uh, we envisioned something of using what's positive about Shreveport and expanding upon it, building upon our uniqueness uh, as a community. Uh, the master plan was about investing in people. So when we asked people what they thought were the most important things that we needed to do to improve, number one was education. Number two was roads and uh, and the I-49 connector. Uh, number three uh, uh, was... Um, uh, small businesses, increasing small businesses and workforce development. Number four, uh, when we asked the community, was downtown restoration. Number five was crime prevention. And these were ideas from our citizens, and, and basically we took those ideas. Dairy Margaritas, the Oyster Bar and Grill, at the corner of Line and Piermont, right under the blue awning. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with Dr. Philip Roseman, chairman of the twenty thirty master plan committee. Yesterday the statement was made that the twenty thirty master plan does not include I forty nine, but that's not exactly correct. It's got a piece of the I forty nine mentioned, and I got a qu- a text from the Allendale Strong folks just now, not related at all to forty nine. In fact, they specifically instructed Goody Clancy not to include 49 in the discussions because it was, quote, controversial. Philip Roseman, what ye say to that? Well, first, I-49 and the Intercity Connector and the idea of us reaching out to the world uh, is in the visioning statement, the actual vision statement of of the community advisory group uh, for the master plan. So it's at the very top of the list of things uh, that we talk about. It was... uh, Roads and education were the top two areas uh, that the people of our community felt we needed to work on as opportunities of improvement. And uh, I-49 Interstate Connector is part of that. Second, um, it's there. Uh, And Goody and Clancy included it uh, because I think the people put it as such a high important thing when they heard what was said in the very visioning statements. Uh, They were true to their word that they were going to make this uh, a master plan that was based on people's view in the community and not just, like I say, behind a closed door in a dark room making decisions. For them to say that Goody Clancy didn't include it, seems disingenuous well i don't know where they get that i think if you ask goody and clancy uh uh you know about their feeling about it that may be their feeling but the fact is that the people of this community uh felt that this was something that was needed and wanted and felt it was something important for the community uh i think it's a little disingenuous to say this i think it's actually untruthful uh, it is in uh, the master plan. It's in the visioning statement, um, and I would refer you know them back to explain to, that. to folks who Goody and Clancy are for people who are just on this train. They're today. the consulting group that was hired uh, by the commission and the council uh, to to develop the master plan, 
they're the ones that developed the process for the master plan. They're the ones that did the writing on the master plan. They took the information and, and put it together, and they did a very good job uh, of what they were uh, done. In, in fact, it's not only a master plan of, quote, vision. It's a master plan that shows how to implement each and every one of their uh, individual uh, issues uh, that were noted. So there's a whole resource guide uh, that came with this, uh, looking at our community and who might be the leader, who might be helpful in moving forward every one of the recommendations that were put forward. I'm looking at the vision statement in the master plan. One in uh, this sentence, as a transport, I'm quoting, as a transportation crossroads of rail lines and highways, including an extended I-49. And with a successful river port, we reach out to the nation and the world. And that's so true. And, you know, one of the things that Shreveport could be uh, with a both a, a north-south interstate and east-west interstate is a true distribution center. Uh, and that means jobs. Uh, and uh, I, I don't think we should put away the possibilities that exist uh, positively for our community and economic development uh, if we move as we move forward on the inner city connector and connecting up us as a, a city that has both a, a north south and east west corridor interstate in the master plan too there's something that I, and it's not related to i-49 but it i'm curious about how much we have implemented because one statement says better use of land less sprawl develop blighted areas this plan's been in place for a long time and it doesn't seem like we've made any progress on that one well i'd agree uh i don't think we've made a lot of pros- uh, 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 movement positive on that i do think uh, there's been uh some significant movement in the blight issue uh it continues to be an issue i think there there have been attempts at policies uh to try to deal with that but it's it's it remains a difficult issue uh i think mainly because of um worry about uh courts and 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 how to get title to properties and all those sort of things that seem to be things that make it difficult to do i'm not an expert on that but Mm -hmm. i would agree i don't see a whole lot of difference we we could talk to the people at the city to let them Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know there was a recent story on keelnews.com about the properties that were uh, slated for demolition yes. through the Mayor Arsenault's mm-hmm. administration. Starting to work on that. Will you be at the meeting today? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go and speak uh, as a uh, representative of the community advisory group. Okay. You're a racist because you want that freeway built. Don't forget. Well, it's not all about the freeway. It's really all about the whole master plan mm-hmm. and and what we do. We, if we have a thousand plus people working on it in terms of taking their time, coming to meetings, uh, being uh, part of it, uh, then I just can't bear the idea that we're going to uh, take it and have one person trump all those thousand plus people um, because that person is on the uh, on the Metropolitan Planning Commission. We we just need to keep this front and center mm-hmm. and open and transparent. There's a, a great quote of, uh, that I carry around all the time. It's change happens at the speed of trust. 
And when people don't trust, we don't have change. We do need change. Client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. I'm doing the party dance. I'm, you're doing chair aerobics. <laughs> Ruben usually tells me stop. There's no dancing in here. Dancing oh. is forbidden. <laughs> oh, okay. hey, dance like nobody's watching. It's yeah. footloose that what in they here. Say? Oh, footloose in here. Come on. Uh, did did a little grocery shopping yesterday. Guess how much did my groceries were in store? No, no. Oh, okay. Come on, uh, you lost your damn mind. <laughs> I know you're you're shopping for one again. Yeah. My grocery bill yesterday, and I didn't have to get a whole lot, but I did get some meat. It was under 50 bucks. Wow. <laughs> wow. Were you like, you just got like a $1,000 a month raise. I got a monster raise. Yeah, I got, and I looked at it, I went, am I missing something? How am I, how's it under uh, 50 bucks? Under 50 bucks. I got milk. I got ground beef. I got some hamburger buns. I got a couple of uh, bananas. I got some uh, cherry. I got some fruit. I uh, got a, I got a lot of decent stuff. A certain part of my body just had a dull ache shoot through I it. I know, I know. Because <laughs> you've got like a monster 16-year-old, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, our, our grocery bills are usually never under $200. Each stop. Each stop. See, I was well over 150 each stop. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. And I looked at it and I went... I looked at the lady when she goes, and here's your total. And literally, it was $38. <laughs> and I went, are you kidding? Now, I shopped to some pretty good sales. They had a couple of bargains. Right, right. And I didn't need any big items. Um, and I went, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I just, I'm just, not, I just can't do the online They did you know, me good. Again, I, even got a, I even got a whole watermelon. And I, I usually I buy watermelon already pre-cut because I'm lazy. But I bought a whole watermelon because I had it for four bucks or something. And I thought, you know what? I'll cut it. Yeah. I'll put it in the fridge and I'll cut it up myself. And then I'll eat it. It's my, those are my sweets now, fruits. If I need sweets, mm-hmm. I'll go get a piece of fruit or a bowl of watermelon. So I was, I'm like, I was like doing a little dance. Like I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rich. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not so lazy that I do pre-cut fruit, but I do at, uh, at Kroger, I will get the pre-chopped like onions if I'm making like a stew or something. Really? Like yeah, yeah. I've never gotten the pre-chopped onions. <laughs> I had neither. Never even heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. If you go, if you go to the little refrigerator section in the produce area, they have little plastic things. Of pre-chopped onions, I've gotten the garlic, and, and the garlic not, chopped up in a yes, jar. That too. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've that, seen that's that. helpful. Yeah, because yeah. you can store that and use it when you need it. But I because the garlic chopped onions. Yep. Who'd have, who'd have thought I it? never thought. I, yeah, I might have to look at that. It saves a lot of time and tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But isn't there a way to to chop an onion? That yeah, doesn't cause you. To, I can't. You figure light it a out. match, or you run it underwater. I don't know. We need the onion tips, if you don't mind, on the yeah. Shreveport Security Systems <laughs> message board, please. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, recess is now mandatory in uh, schools for elementary school children. And for more details, service with a purpose. Bayou Kubota in Bossier City, Ruston, and Monroe.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Representative Beryl Amity joining us. Good morning. How are you this morning, ma'am? Good morning. Doing well. We're wrapping up these final days of session. Mm -hmm. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, Speaking of wrapping up the session, congratulations on your bill passing. Uh, Mandatory recess. It's 15-minute minimum. But uh, one of the questions was, I know there's 360 minutes of instruction time required. Does this add to that time, or is this part of that instruction time? This does not add to the instruction time. The original version of this bill would have allowed schools to count recess towards instructional time allotments, but that didn't seem to be a very popular idea. Um, I personally feel that recess is that important, but not everybody agreed. So does it add to the to the school day? Does it make it a, a longer school day? No, it really doesn't. The uh, state superintendent of schools, Kay Brumley, has assured me that every school that doesn't currently have at least 15 minutes of recess for the lower elementary grades is able to find 15 minutes sometime within the school day without extending the school day hours. Okay, they will trim like uh, the time between classes. Will they be trimming lunch? I mean, have you have, do you have any idea what will be trimmed? That's going to be up to each school district and in some districts up to the individual school. I don't believe they're going to be trimming lunch because in many schools, lunch is already down to only 20 minutes. I believe that they will find that time during other parts of the day that are, are not crucial instructional minutes. For example, maybe homeroom. Okay. Could they start schools a smidge earlier? Is that a possibility? That's up to the school districts if they'd like to, but the bill does not require it. Okay. How important, I know we want to get to the nuts and bolts of this, but, you know, I have lots of friends who teach school, and I'm sure you do as well, um, education background. How important is it to let kids have a recess and, and run off oh, some steam? Oh, it's vital. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's absolutely important. Um, as you know, They've discovered that long airline flights can be hazardous to our health because we don't stand up and stretch our legs and you can get blood clots and such. And federal labor laws require that if you're going to have adult employees working more than certain number of hours a day, you are, you must give them breaks where those breaks cannot include assigned work. So recess for children is even more important. These children are still growing and developing. So the um, American Academy of Pediatrics has even weighed in. They've done studies, and and their policy statement says that brain scans have shown that kids learn better after a break for physical activity and unstructured play. But It's very important. But recess is more than just letting them burn off steam. Uh, that's when you learn interaction skills. You mm-hmm. learn social skills. You learn teamwork. You learn cooperation. Uh, it's so vital that they have that f- so-called free time to, to Correct. not only burn off that steam, but it's, it's, it's a critical learning period. Absolutely. And... Um, the unstructured but supervised playtime allow for all those social interactions. And right now, in many cases, a lot of that social interaction is missing in these younger years. And it's very likely that that's part of the reason that we're having problems in society right now where people can't even talk about something that they disagree with without um, getting into arguments. 
most of our schools here we talked with say they already have the have recess. There are only a handful that are not having recess. Is that accurate or no? Did you find different? That is accurate. Uh, the survey that was done by the Department of Education found that we're only talking about 11% of schools. Around 11% have less than 15 minutes of recess. So it shouldn't change much in the vast majority of schools in our state, only the ones that lack recess. Now, the Louisiana Federation of Teachers opposed your bill, saying that it was going to be another requirement, placing more work on teachers, employees, administrators, and students. How do you answer those those issues? Well, in the school districts that have recess or that kept it or reinstated it after it was missing, what they've experienced are the positive results. The educators themselves have noted that the recess gives the kids time to socialize, like we were just talking about. It stimulates brain function. It builds their bodies. As a result, they're less emotionally stressed. They're less anxious. And once they leave the playground and come back into the classroom, they're more focused. They're more on point and ready to take in material. The teachers don't have to spend a lot of time reviewing anything because the children have processed what they learned before and they're ready to move forward. And the change in their focus is dramatic. They're not so fidgety. They're not so distracted. And teachers even report that they even make more eye contact after some free, unstructured playtime. Talking with State Rep. Beryl Amity, um, her bill requiring mandatory recess at least 15 minutes. Uh, Beryl, this addresses K through 5 children. What about what about uh, the rest of the grades, especially middle school? Well, personally, I'm a big fan of recess for all the reasons that we've been talking about here. And my original bill a few years ago would have required a minimum of 30 minutes, and it would have gone all the way up through high school. But there just wasn't a lot of agreement on that. So we have to start where we can. And I believe that a little recess time is most critical in these younger grades. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest objections in the uh, middle and high school levels? Mainly the, the scheduling time. The, the farther you go towards high school, the, the more subject focused the students have and they they just argued that we don't want to try and interrupt the scheduling uh, like high school some have, have the four by four schedule some of them they they do different things with all those subjects that they're required to have for graduation and it it just seemed that to some schools that was going to be a great interruption i can but understand I just, with high school i mean pe would also kind of make you know mm-hmm. replace that Uh, recess well pe is not really a replacement for recess yes pe is required through most grades once you get to high school you only have so many credits of pe that are required but pe involves physical activity but it's structured it's not free play time it doesn't give your brain the break that we're looking for here where you take the time to digest all that you've learned and and get ready to move on to the next thing PE is still an actual class. Cade mm-hmm. uh, Brumley this morning, I asked if this goes into effect August 1 this fall. He said yes if the governor signs it. You anticipate no problems with the governor. I mean, it passed with uh, 39 zip, I think, right? I don't anticipate any problems with the governor. Whenever we passed this bill in this final form, we really had much agreement. We had taken care of the concerns of the vast majority of stakeholders. I believe the only holdouts were, as you mentioned, the uh, teacher unions or 
possibly the school boards association and and their arguments were really simply that they don't want to mess with schedules Mm -hmm. but truly as i said in party of louisiana our next governor jeff landry paid for by landry for louisiana One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Also a free download, the Keel News app, courtesy of Office Furniture Source. Have you ever or would you consider riding the train? I don't mean hopping a I don't mean hopping a freight car, uh, but riding the train, say from here to Dallas. Would love it. Or or maybe to Atlanta. Would love it. I would absolutely love See, it. I would think it would be, I think that would be really, really interesting. I would love to do it to Chicago. I would love to hop on it in Jackson, Mississippi right now, because you can't do it here. Right. And ride it all the way to Chicago or New Orleans to Chicago. That would be a hoot. Well, Amtrak, a sleeping car. Amtrak nice. is continuing to, to make moves mm-hmm. uh, to bring rail service from, basically, they'll be connecting from Meridian, Mississippi, because it already comes from from the east. Yeah. You, you know, you can get to Atlanta from Meridian, mm-hmm. um, but from Meridian all the way through Shreveport, uh, the nearest train terminal that you can get an Amtrak is Marshall, Texas. Right, right. And my wife has has I've driven her to Marshall, and she's taken the train to I've, go to Dallas yeah, to go see our daughter. Done the same, and it's so a, you have ridden it. I have yes, I rode it to um, Grapevine, Texas. Okay, and then I um, I dropped people off to ride it in Marshall. Mm-hmm. And the only problem with it, and if you've dealt with it, is it's often late. The scheduling is a little bit rough, but if you, so if you're meeting a plane, you got to be sure you're taking it early. And if you're coming home, you're going to probably be late. But to have it come through Louisiana, and they're going to do three stops in North Louisiana, uh, Shreveport, Ruston, and Monroe. That's yeah. their goal. Um, I think but it would be awesome. if you take it from here and you're heading east, you're going to stop in Ruston and yeah. you're going to stop in Monroe. Yeah. You know, there's no nonstop rail service. Right. It's not like high speed. So you're going to have to make that part of your trip. You bet. I mean, and that will be part of the experience. And, and they'll be, it'll be on the schedule. You know, it'll say, hey, you're going to have 10 minutes in Monroe or whatever, however long it stops. It's typically not too long when they stop. Yeah. But it gets backed up for some reason sometimes. And it's been a, been a bit of an issue in the last five or 10 years. I but think it'd be, I, I, it first be of all, cool. I'm all for it coming through Shreveport. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a great idea. And I don't think there's a whole lot of infrastructure needed in terms of the tracks and all. You'd need a station, you know, a train right. station. I was thinking of that on the way home. The Shreveport Common area, and that's pretty close to the tracks. That'd be a kind of a cool area to have a train station. The apprenticeship is now available. Please call the plumber number today if you're interested. 318-255-1332. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio. Doctor Tim Magner from the Shreveport Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Doctor Magner, you were with us earlier this more uh, this week uh, about uh, the proposed revisions to the city master plan, and yep. you said you were going to attend the meeting, Metropolitan Planning Commission meeting yesterday. You did attend. We we understand mm-hmm. that they basically tabled 
the master plan discussion. Is that correct? What yeah. happened? Yeah, How that's did... correct. So, um, uh, according to what uh, Mr. Clark said, the uh, the city attorney uh, weighed in and and said that um, she had questions about the the process and that uh, it would be best in the interest of um, you know fairness and good government and all that sort of stuff that they uh, that they table it until a further further discussion. Were you surprised by that decision? Um, I don't know that I was surprised by it. I mean, I, we were we were pleased by it because uh, you know again we had we had raised some questions about um, the uh, about the process and about the fact that there was only one respondent. Again, you know, in in, in good government, you know, if you if you put an RFP out and you only get one response, um, usually that's that's an indication that um, you know you might want to look at your RFP or maybe you didn't advertise wide enough or whatever. I think the whole idea behind you know the bid process is that you've got multiple. Um, choices uh, for the for the public dollar. Now we were talking earlier, and you said you know the in, in original intent was to review the master plan every five years. It's been thirteen years, and we haven't done that. So there's nothing wrong with step you know taking a look at the master plan and seeing where we are. Is that correct? Is yeah. I, I, again, I think the idea of the master plan in its in its initial inception was that it would be a living document and, it, and that it would serve as a you know as a sort of a series of goals and benchmarks for the community to move forward. Now, for you know a variety of reasons, um, you know we haven't kept up with that with that pacing. Um, but that is that was the original intent. Now you spoke to the MPC yesterday. You did go to the meeting. Mm-hmm. What did you tell them? What is your message to them today? Well, my message is that you know the the master plan was a was a, a carefully crafted document that took a, a couple of years to pull together. I mean, you had Dr. Roseman in here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was one of the leaders of that effort, and you know, it was it, it really is an encapsulation of the community's ideas hopes goals for themselves and so as a result any you know um evaluation any looking at that any any um, update of that really should should take that into account that that we need to this needs to be a very inclusive very expansive very community driven process so that it continues to to um be the the document that the community looks to as its as its set of goals and benchmarks, uh, you know, in a, in a process that, that, that isn't transparent or the process that isn't inclusive, I think runs the risk of having a document like that, um, you know, become, a, a, you know, a football um, that that folks, you know, used to use as, as a divider rather than as a uniter. I but, mean, I think but he made the point yesterday that, that this was developed with community input. It mm-hmm. was very oh, yeah. transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were meeting in schools and churches and met with the public. Yeah. So. And so, and 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 I, I guess my admonition to the to the uh, MPC was that if they're going to open this up, that 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 kind of process should be embraced, so that it it continues to have or continues to be um, a community centric document, not uh, you know not uh, something that is divisive, but that is is actually uniting. As the head of the local chamber of commerce, you're very familiar with the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen what it recommends, things, it, directions it hopes that our city will go. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that we have not done that we really do need to address that were included in that master plan? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I mentioned this um, in my in my remarks uh, to the to the MPC the other day, um, is that you know there is 
we have seen a hollowing out of the city. And that is something that, uh, frankly, a lot of cities have seen. And one of the biggest impediments, I think, that we have to to rebuilding inside the, the, the city core is this whole question of the adjudicated properties. I mean, the the when you... If you're going to be a developer, whether you're going to build your own house or whether you're going to build a neighborhood or whatever, um, you, you have to have title to the property. Because mm-hmm. if you make an investment in um, in a piece of property and somebody can come back later and say, oh, yeah, hey, I own that, then that investment is um, is just not not possible. Do we need to change the laws so that, you know, if a certain amount of time goes by and you've paid the taxes on the land, this clears your title to the land? Yeah, I think there, there needs to be a, a, a much more um, transparent and and uh, predictable process. I think right now it's unpredictable. We have, there's something it's called... Like, it's like mineral rights. If you buy property and the owner doesn't sell mineral rights, if there's no development within 10 years, mm-hmm. they transfer to you. They revert back, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and so I think there are things like that that we could look at. Um, I, I think, you know, we have the Napoleonic Code. We have we have some unique challenges in, in Louisiana with regard to our, our laws. Some of this is at the state level. And I think, you know, we have, we're a very... Um, you know, pro- sort of property rights centric kind of state. We don't, you know, this is not an attempt to take people's property away. But when you have things like fractional ownership, or when you have things where you're, n- it's not possible to find the eighty cousins who all might own an eightieth of the piece of property, and each one of them has that right to come back within a certain period of time. You know, it just makes it it, it makes it hard. And you know, I think when you look at um, when you look at, at business folks in particular. You know, time is money, and so your 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 goal is to be able to create um, a neighborhood or build a building or whatever in in as in as um, expeditious a way as possible, so that you can get the return that you want, the return that you need. Outside the city, right now, it's easier to build. It's easier to get title. Um, it's also, you know, it also you also have to put new infrastructure in. We've got places in the city that have infrastructure, that have roads and, and electricity and and um, and plumbing and that sort of thing. And we we should be able to make it easier for uh, those kinds of uh, of development to occur. Some of this again is going to have to be state level. Some of this is is mm-hmm. local. Um, but it, but it, I think when you when you unlock that, I mean the you know Joe Minakazi was here. He's got we said we've got fifteen hundred acres of 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 adjudicated property. We've got nine thousand you know acres of, of vacant or adjudicated property. So there is plenty of opportunity to build within the core. We just have to make it easier and 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 more more predictable for people to be able to do that. And whether that's people who who want to build a new home in Allendale, or that's somebody who wants to build a new neighborhood or a grocery store. Uh, in Cedar Grove or whatever it is. Business helping keep your connected devices protected. Restrictions apply. Requires Comcast Business Internet, Least Router, and Security Edge. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty in studio with Dr. Tim Magner, Report Chamber of Commerce. Dr. Magner, you were talking about the, the adjudicated properties mm-hmm. within the city limits, and this is an issue. Explain that for somebody that doesn't really understand what you're talking about. Right. So, so, and why it's difficult to do business. Sure. So. 
in order in order to in order to own property, you have to have what's called title to the mm-hmm. to the property, which means the you know they go back and they, they they check out who's owned it before, and so you have this piece of paper that says yes, you are the indeed the owner. Well, what happens is to properties is when folks don't pay their taxes or folks have fines for for environmental issues or whatever that can build up, and if they're uh, the taxes aren't paid for a certain period of time it goes to what's called sheriff sale or or the or it, it, it gets mm-hmm. sold but what's being sold is really the tax debt and so if you go to you go on civic source and you see wow there's this property and i can buy it for five thousand dollars or whatever you're essentially paying off the taxes of that but it doesn't necessarily clear the it doesn't give necessarily give you title so you why can, would anybody do that well because if, if you have a house and you want to rent it and you don't want to put any money into it or you, you want to just fix it up a little mm-hmm. bit and, and, and rent it. it, it can be a rental. And as long as no one comes and, and, and um, you know, um, says, hey, I own that, then you can continue to, to, to you know, create, generate an income on it. And, and lots of people do. But if you want to build new or you want to build a new, you know, invest a, a significant amount of money, the idea that somebody could come back in two years, three years, five years, ten years, or whatever, and said, "Hey, I own that, or I own a piece of that. I want it back." All that investment is gone, and so you can't get a loan to build a house because a bank is not going to lend you money mm-hmm. if the if there if if you mm-hmm. can't prove that you know the the asset once created is 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 owned by you. And so we have this we have this sort of mix going on where you know um, it, it's sort of a downward spiral in a way because if there's no incentive to invest in properties, then people don't. People still have to live in them. People can, you can still rent them out, but there's no incentive to mm-hmm. to reinvest to to put lots of money into it. And so as as more of those properties get on the rolls, um, you know neighborhoods go down. I mean it it, it, it it's a cascading problem. Mm-hmm. And and so for every you know homeowner that's trying to keep up their neighborhood or mowing the yard next to them or or whatever that whatever they're doing, if two or three houses down the down the road road are that way, that becomes that becomes problematic. And you know people don't want to live there. People who can leave do, and and so they move yeah. on. And so I think when we look at the 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 if what we want to do per the master plan and per what people have said is sort of build inside the city, reinvest in those. Uh, inner city neighborhoods reinvest in you know in in downtown reinvest in in all of those places that frankly are huge opportunities i mean we could absorb 25,000 people and not feel it mm-hmm. right i mean you look at places like like seattle and austin and others where where housing is just going through the roof and we we could be that place where people want to come because we've got great quality of life because we've got great transportation infrastructure mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. and so i think it, it, mm-hmm. it when you look at that and we're not the only city in louisiana with, the, with this problem let me right let me, so that's why i think some of this really is a a, a state level issue mm-hmm. um but it there are things we might be able to do locally there are, there are, you know um we recommended some things in the in the blight report um about ways in which the city might begin to sort of engage more directly in, in some of this but but at, at its core it really gets down to this ability to be able to get title you know it's possible to do it 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 will it can take thousands of dollars and, and multiple months or mm-hmm. years to right. be able to do right. that and frankly a lot of people 
don't have the, the time or the money, especially when you have as much land as we do outside the city where you can get title very quickly okay. and, and, and do that. Let me switch back to the MPC a minute because sure. we haven't really gotten to this topic. Okay. The chairman of the MPC is has a vested interest with the Allendale Strong Group who has opposed the inner city connector. Is that a conflict of interest? And what do you recommend? What do you think should happen with that? Should that person not be on the MPC? Should they not be a part of Allendale Strong? Should they not be able to vote on items that, with regard to that? How, how big a conflict do you see it? Well, uh, again, I, I think the, the conflict bec- comes up when you, you know, when you want to hire your friends to do work, right? I mean, that, that, that really, I think, is the, is the, 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 um, the crux of it. Um, he can have his own opinions. I think, you know, it, it, that, that's certainly his right. And being a part of an organization like Alan Joe Strong, I mean, that, that's his right. Um, and, you know, I would hope that as, a, as the chair of what is or should be a, a sort of an impartial organization that, that you know, anyone on that board wouldn't let their particular um, predilections impact, um, you know, how they, how they, they, you know, in a lot of ways, that's a sort of balls and strikes kind of scenario, especially mm-hmm. on the zoning board. You got to call it like you see it. And, and you ought to be focused on, uh, on the rules and, and the, the regulations. Um, I think where the conflict potentially comes is, again, when you have a, a single vendor for an RFP who happens to um, have as a subcontractor people who are also, um, you know, board members or, or, or aspirants or in, in some cases, you know, um, you know, they build websites for Allendale Strong. So when, you're, when your only respondent ha- is, has people who are also um, part of the organization that the chair is part of, then I think that's when you get into a conflict kind of situation. And I think, you know, um, good government um, rules would dictate that you would you would um, recuse yourself from participating in in that particular vote. Now, I, I'm I think our um, position is that they should have more than one. If it turns out that you know these folks reapply and they're the best by far, hands down, and everybody looks at mm-hmm. it and says, you know, these are the people to do it. Great. Then we've had a transparent process. But to have one respondent and to have two of the subcontractors be associates of the the chair i think that just looks bad and i think that looks bad mm-hmm. for the mpc but let's go back to we said we need to review the master plan every five years the, but do we need to i know we i know we're up against a break real quickly do we need an rfp do we need to redo the master plan even why don't we focus on, like you say earlier, what we haven't done yet? Right. I think there's an opportunity to do an evaluation of the plan. I, I don't know if if the MPC staff can do that. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, I know I've participated personally in in every so often they say, "Hey, Tim, here's the list of things that that were done in the master plan. Have have we done any of them?" You know, mm-hmm. there's a certain section that the chamber com- contributes to. So I think there is um, at least a, an accounting to some degree of what's been done and not done. And I think starting with that, and I think, again, I think the MPC could have a, you know, town hall conversations, et cetera, about, about the, do we need to update, you know, what haven't we done? I mean, I think some of that could be done perhaps without a consultant. I don't know. I don't want to burden the, mm-hmm. the MPC staff any more than they already are. I think that was the, the design of the RFP, as I understand it, was to was to go through this kind of process. But I think, you know, unfortunately, the, the only respondent seemed to have a, a particular bias that 
we thought together visit traininfo.com to find your local independent train dealer traininfo.com it's hard to stop a train One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. Do you ever fish? Um not in a long, long time, but I, I have. I I just I you know, I <laughs> I did when I was little, mm-hmm. you know, like young or whatever. Yeah. And obviously wasn't that successful at it. I mm-hmm. would get bored so fast. Right. And I think I'm I'm too ADD. <laughs> Uh, or have been. I think yeah. the older I get, the more appealing it is to me. Yes, you know yeah, what just I to relax. Mean? Yeah. Um, but apparently, there if if you do want to fish like this weekend, you don't have to have a license. Yeah, it's free fishing weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, all across Louisiana. Yeah, which is cool. That is cool. I so, I don't have time, but <laughs> <laughs> I I have things I have to get done. Yeah, I love deep sea fishing. That's my favorite. I love to get on a oh, boat wow. and go out now, in the see, Gulf. That's, an, that's a whole different yeah than and a cane pole. And a, did it uh, out of Destin a couple of times with the kids, and they enjoyed it. They, it's not one of their favorite things. Again, they want to be active. Right. That generation wants to be active, moving around. See, I know? think I would enjoy that deep sea fishing, mm-hmm. but. Except for the whole motion sickness thing. Didn't bother me. Well, Didn't you're lucky. Didn't bother me. Thank you're goodness. You're lucky, and apparently yeah. it's not something you grow out of. Can I talk to you when we get back about what no. I watched yesterday? <laughs> Real quick, the last time I went fishing, this is mm-hmm. how my fishing experiences has been. My grandmother took me. We went out on Flag Lake on the base. Mm-hmm. They had a boat, a little flat-bottom boat. Okay. Dropped my rod and reel in the water. Oh. <gasps> Not five minutes after we got out in the middle. Themed gift shop. We've got it. Check us out. 2218 East Texas Street in Bossier at the all-new Office Furniture Source and Gift Shop. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel and a free download the Keel News app courtesy of Office Furniture Source Mike and McCarty. I'm watching the French Open. Got to the quarterfinals on the women's side yesterday, and I was watching Alina Svitolina. Okay, uh, and playing a woman from Belarus, um, Saba Sabadudu <laughs> I can't say her name, and uh, Sabalinka won. And Svitolina wouldn't shake her hand. Now, these are not people from no, Louisiana, no, are no. they? No. Uh, Svitolina is from Ukraine. And Sabalinka is from Belarus. And Svitolina didn't go to the net to shake her hand. She went and shook the umpire's hand and then went off. Now, I, I was like, and the, and the other one stood at the net waiting for her. And it looked, right. and then the crowd starts booing, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" So I went and did a little research, and Svitolina from Ukraine had made it very clear early on that she was not going to shake the hands 
of anyone from Russia or Belarus because of what has been done to her country. And she'd already snubbed a previous in yes. a previous match. She had. She had already not shaken hands with her opponent. And 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 I my first reaction was like the crowd. I was like, "Come on, she doesn't have anything to do with the war. It's not her. She's a tennis right, player. Right. Leave her alone. Go shake her hand, be sportsman." But then I went and looked at Svitolina, the the Ukrainian player's comments, and she said, we are all Ukrainian. We're all united for one goal of winning this war. I stand for my country, doing anything possible to support men and women who are right now in the front line fighting for our land, our country. Can you imagine soldiers, she said, watching me go shake the hand of a Russian player or a player whose soldiers are trying to kill them? Mm-hmm. She said it just does not look right. Uh, it has nothing to do with the individual player. It has to do with I stand for those soldiers who are now fighting and losing their lives for me to be able to come out and play tennis, for me to be able to do this. And I thought, you know, I got that. I get that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm really torn by this. And then she says, Sabalinka, here's where it gets new. I'm not going to shake your hand ahead of time. Yeah, and so her kinda, standing at the net right, yes. sp- you know, ignited the crowd. And she said she didn't need to do that. She knew I was not coming to shake her hand, and she did that on purpose. So it really is getting kind of nasty. And now Svit- Svitolina, the Ukrainian player, mm-hmm. I know you're following all this, is uh, she's out, so she's done playing. But, you know, I think you know, that's a pretty brave thing to do. She's willing to take on all the hate from the crowd and whatever because she is patriotic to her country. And maybe may doing something that's not popular among other people. I'm real torn by it, but I I get it. I understand it. Yeah, it, 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 when you you text this to me yesterday, and and I read that story, and like you, my first reaction when I saw the video of her walking off, she shook the ump, the ref the ump. What do mm-hmm. they call them? The ump, umpire, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the umpire's hand, and then gathered her belongings. And I thought, oh, that's kind of classless. Yeah. But then as I read the story, like you, I was mm-hmm. like, this is much deeper. Yes. It's not bad sportsmanship. Well, it, it, you know, on the surface. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a complicated issue. It really is. And, it you know, she's done for this tournament, but she'll be back at others. She actually doesn't think the Russians should be even be playing in these tournaments. She thinks they but, should be banned, and I don't agree with that. But being patriotic, isn't that... Mm-hmm. Isn't that an odd concept in our country anymore? Yeah, boy, no kidding. If you have an American flag, knows disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Earlier this morning, we were talking about uh, Amtrak service. The Amtrak officials are moving forward, uh, trying to develop service from Meridian, Mississippi, west, uh, all the way to Dallas through the Shreveport area, through North Louisiana. You said stops including uh, Ruston and Monroe, mm-hmm. as well as Shreveport. You bet. And I think this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. What's I do, what's the downside to having more options to bring people into 
into and across our area. Oh, it spends money and nobody will use it. <laughs> well, apparently there are those on the uh, Shreveport Security Systems message board. I just started laughing, by the way. Uh, one says Amtrak currently runs a bus from the Shreveport Airport Terminal to the train station in Marshall. Cool. So if you don't, you know, if you don't want somebody to drop, you have to drive you to Marshall, you don't have to. Okay. You can uh, hop on a bus from the airport and it'll take you to the terminal i did not know that um i seem to remember that but but uh yeah that's good to know mm-hmm. uh another one says no one's gonna be riding the train it's the same thing as a greyhound bus nobody's riding the greyhound bus anymore we don't need no stinking train Every one of the trains for Amtrak has been losing money, millions of dollars they've been losing. Stop wasting your money. Use it to help the people of the United States. This would be a fun person to have dinner with, wouldn't it? I would ride the train. I really would. Another one says they've been talking about Amtrak coming here since the 70s. Not going to happen. How about we get Wells Fargo to run a stage for us? Going backwards doesn't move us forward. Okay. All right. (laughs) I think it might work. I I think it might could be a good thing. You know, especially if you use that as part of your your entire process. Mm -hmm. Enjoy that as part of your trip. Yes, exactly. See the sights. You you get to relax Mm -hmm. and, and... you know, see part of the countryside right. you normally don't get to see going 80 miles an hour down the interstate. Or flying in a plane. Or or flying in a plane, Absolutely. sure. Mm-hmm. Mike and McCarty, and coming up just after the local legendary margaritas, the Oyster Bar and Grill at the corner of Line and Piermont, right under the blue awning. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Former Shreveport City Council Member Lavette Fuller. Good morning, Lavette. Good morning. I hope I'm caffeinated enough for this. <laughs> oh, you're going to be fine. Look, I do have a question before we get into this. Um, is Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari? <laughs> oh my God! Seriously, have you heard that? Look, I don't see him leaving Mercedes. I think a better. You remember the whole um, Taylor Swift and um, Fernando Alonso? Now it's Shakira and Lewis Hamilton. Let's keep it in the shallow end, okay? Okay, Okay, sorry about that. All right, the master plan review. um, I am told you requested kind of an update. Let's see where we are. Uh, how much have we accomplished? What is still yet to do? Uh, and the council passed that. Tell us how that process came about. Why you made the request? Why it's we're moving on it? Um, that's exactly the reasoning for it. Is to see where we are as a progress report. And there's a certain amount of monitoring that the that the staff can do. But I remember when we went through that entire process. We had a lot of community meetings. People expressing what they want wanted for the future of this city and that's what went into the plan and then the unified development code was meant to inform that plan by saying these are the things you want this is kind of a roadmap to getting there in the form-based code which did need to be updated anyway so they go together but 
a lot of what was said in the plan. We wanted more walkability, mm-hmm. get a lot of young people showing up saying, we want our city to feel more like the places we visit. We want to be able to like have things that we enjoy closer to where we actually live. We want to be able to work close to where we live and be able to take a, other means of transportation outside of a car every once in a while or more often. But what we've done, and a lot of that was focused on, let's develop inside the loop. Now, everyone will tell you uh, God will last when man plans. And what's happened is the market is indicating that people want to be in areas that are further from the core. There's a lot of reasons for that. We could go into all of those, but that's going to take a podcast. But basically, so much more development is happening at the edges that I wonder if we were lying to ourselves. Mm. Like, when an architect comes to your house, like, okay, if you're building a new house, an architect will often check out how you live and see your habits. You know, a lot of people put, like, a shoe rack next to their front door. Like, those shoes aren't going to the closet. If you keep taking your shoes off right here, then you need to have a shelf right here. Yes. If we keep putting things at Fern Avenue, then we need to quit pretending like we want to rebuild the core urban area. Fern Avenue and, and 70 is basically, like, the center of our new business area. So the, the when, when the MPC put this RFP out... I'm I'm curious why they did it and not the city council, for one, or not the city. And then secondly, disappointed that only one company responded? Okay. I think that the appropriate people to put it out are the MPC. The Metropolitan Planning Commission is a separate entity. Yes, they are funded by the city, but they are a separate entity. They create their own budget. They have their own governing board. They are in charge of planning land use for this area. So it's appropriate for them to put out their own RFP. I am disappointed that there was only one response. And it makes me wonder what was in the RFP that only attracted one. It's suspicious. I mean, am I wrong? Is it a matter of public record? It is, but sometimes... I don't... There's something about the bureaucracy of Shreveport. And I've had people tell me this before... You know, people who do a lot of municipal work across the country will tell you when you see a big price tag, you're looking for those. If you're a, if you're an outside firm that's looking to work with cities, you're looking for the numbers, and then you're looking at what's listed. Sometimes a big firm is going to look at what you have and decide whether or not what you're asked, what you're willing to pay, and what you want are realistic. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you can want you, you can want someone to come in and build you something that's valued at a billion dollars, you're only paying 250000 for it. You're not being realistic. We can't take your RFP real, uh, uh, seriously. I don't know if that's exactly what's happened here, but I think sometimes the money might be right, but the expectations are still off base. And a city or a planning department has to be explicitly want. And they have to market that RFP. The question is the same as when we do a job fair. Where are you marketing your job? Mm-hmm. Where is the city going to market and recruit? Where did the MPC go to market and recruit? We're talking with Lavette Fuller, former Shreveport City Council person. Lavette, uh, a moment ago, you said we're lying to ourselves when you're talking about city development. Explain a little bit more about what you mean by that. How are we lying to ourselves? I think that we have the patterns that we are kind of in. 
part of it is where the people with money are willing to put their dollars in investment. It's a lot easier to build on green blank land than to go into areas that already have something on them and reconstruct them. And then when you add in our low median incomes and our crime, people who have X amount of dollars for doing development are going to go where they're going to get the best ROI. And in Shreveport right now, that is going to be South, Southeast. And people don't seem to mind traveling to Target, traveling to Southern Loop, and moving to those areas because they are attractive and it gets them away from the areas that they think of as disadvantaged. Now, when we first started seeing when Target and Kroger went up at Yuri Drive and 70th, we should have been paying attention. When all of that area, though, I mean, I love being of a generation that can say, I remember when all of this cotton field, <laughs> yeah. when that area started being something else, we should have been paying more attention to what we could do to incentivize going back into the core areas to make them attractive. Lots of cities go through this. You can't just say, well, I want this and stamp your feet like Veruca thought from Willy Wonka when you don't get it. You have to make it appealing. It has to be incentivized if you want to make a real go at it. We will put a plan on a shelf and then say, oh, yeah, well, we meant to do that, but all the developers want to go here. Well, that's part of it is the developers are going to go where their money is going to stretch the furthest. But the other part is, what is the city doing to make those other areas that are challenging more attractive? Just like Tim Magner said, with the adjudicated properties, it's hard to do business within. You're not going to invest in, in property that you don't own. And let me tell you. Tim and I were both on the transition team. I got to chair the blight committee and he was like my right hand. Like Mm -hmm. he's one of my best buddies right now. We don't agree on everything, but we have really, really great conversations about this stuff where we both agree is that the city needs to figure out a policy and mechanism to put that, that those pieces of property back into commerce. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Some of it's going to be a challenge at the state level, but we have to start putting our best brains toward how we can navigate that. We have to hack those issues so we can make better use of what's existing. Talking Our tax dollars go further if we don't have to use... one 1332 or visit markjohnsonplumbing.com. Another problem solved by Mark Johnson Plumbing. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Hotline with uh, Levette Fuller. Did you say wine? Hot wine. <laughs> I'll drink it. Some some hot wine right now <laughs> sounds pretty good. I'm I'm actually having my lion's pride lumberjack coffee this morning. Go to lionspride.com. Oh, it's a local roaster. It's delicious. Oh, is it in your it. Mercedes mug? <laughs> Actually, I stay back for when I'm traveling, so I can be super ostentatious about it. There you um, go. But yeah, Levette, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Uh, excuse me, Miss Fuller. <laughs> let me let me ask you. 
Wait till you see what I just posted on Facebook. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. I have to go look. Um, question about the review of the master plan. Some are suspicious. And I and I know you, you're you not in the middle of this. We only got one one proposal or Bill Robertson's chair of the MPC and also on Allendale Strong. But some are suspicious that the review is only to change the route of I-49. That's completely not why you requested a review. Is that? Am mm-hmm. I right? That's, you're correct. You're correct. In fact, um, Allendale Strong, plenty of them are my friends. I, I care about their position on things, but they've actually been very critical of my group, Reform Shreveport, because we won't take, we don't often talk about I-49 because it takes all the air out of the room. And there are so many issues as far as how we plan this city that we can't let one issue be everything. I watched that uh I watched the presentation last week, and here's the deal. They started off with the premise of our road planning is not being communicated along with our land use planning. That is true. But then they immediately dived into I-49. And I think that they missed an opportunity to talk about the whole big picture. And that's my point. Once you bring up the highway, Everything else kind of just goes. I mean, everybody starts looking like stem characters that have run out of fuel. They're just like takes a back seat. You bet. Yeah, they just lose it. I mean, it's it's an important it's an important subject. I have some very nuanced views on it that make people fairly dizzy because I think that it's not the whether or not we build something. It's about how we do it. And it's also about whether or not the numbers that NLCOG is using are the real numbers. I think that we're coming into an area, and I heard you mention Amtrak and someone saying that that was going backwards. I think what people fail to realize is that we've got generations coming behind us that do not want to be in a car as much as we like being in a car right now. And everyone needs to start adapting to that. Do we want to be in a position where we have overbuilt on our highways for people that are not going to be using them as much? All of that needs to come into play. And right now, the way we're having the conversation is like, I want this on this side. I want that on the other side. And no one's having a conversation about design Mm -hmm. and what's going to best fit this community. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Lovett, okay. you know, you made a good point, and and that's one of the things that I really respected about you as on the city council that you did look at the bigger picture. You, I, I feel like you looked at what was best for the city of Shreveport, and and I appreciate that. I've had people. I'm going to change gears for just a second. I've had people ask, "What's what's Lovett doing now?" I know you ran you ran for mayor. You're not on the council, mm-hmm. so tell us mm-hmm. about what Lovett's doing right now. Um. I'm working out every day and doing Pilates so I can be a trophy wife. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I don't have one yet, but I'm look, I'm just looking for, I'm looking for a husband. I'm kidding. I'm doing um I'm breaking in very slowly into commercial real estate. Um, where I really want to see myself is as a developer. I want to be able to take the things that I've learned about land use. I feel like I've done a lot in the public sector. I want to see what I can do as far as land use in the private sector to put some of those ideas to work. But more than that, everyone's like, well, that's done a lot in nonprofits. Well, that's done a lot in government. What has she done in private sector? 
And before I try to jump back out in anything that's political, I'm going to prove my mettle in the private sector. So you're coming back to politics, it sounds like. I'm not saying that. It's kind of like when people are like, well, we really need you. Please don't go anywhere. It's kind of like, you know, when a woman's depressed and had a bad breakup and she cuts all her hair off and you're like, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. Like you don't cut bangs when you're brokenhearted. And when you come off of a defeat, and I have no regrets at all. I learned so, so much. And I feel like I did change the conversation. I'm never going to say never. If the right opportunity comes up, I'll definitely look at it. But for right now, I feel like I've got a lot of capacity to show people what I can do in the private sector. So I'm going to do that. One last thing, our last minute. Disappointed in the council's action on the casino smoking. You you led that charge. Uh, they have reversed the policy. I'm to think of one thing that this council has done in the last six months that hasn't disappointed me. Don't hold your breath. Whoa. Ouch. Okay. I mean, I, I just, well, look, I mean, look, I can go back and review the tapes. There should have been some small things that have happened that have been okay. But I think that we're probably on the wrong side of the history of this right now. Mm. And it's a little embarrassing, but, you know, y'all got a lovely sign up there that tells you exactly how I feel. I wonder where it came. 35 Yuri Drive next to the shops at Bellmead for a free fitting and test walk. To learn more about how the Good Feet store can help you find relief. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty. Um, earlier this morning we were talking about Amtrak and and I, I I read a couple of the messages on the Shreveport Security Systems message board and mm-hmm. I was less than respectful. Oh, okay. I was. Mm-hmm. I was a little smartass. <laughs> and that's not right. And, yeah. and somebody wrote in and said, Mike, you know, don't ridicule opinions of others on the air. And you're absolutely right. I, mm-hmm. w- I was wrong about that. And, yeah. And I, I feel bad about that now. I so, know, I know. So, so to you guys that did take the time to, to write in and express your opinion, we appreciate or, or mm-hmm. call in or uh, we do appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I apologize to you if I, if I made light of, of your opinion. Um, please continue to do so. And, and you're Still right. Still sucks. But, I'm a but, dumb. Yeah, a- yeah. <laughs> did, we, did I just say that? You said that. Aaron said that. Not me. But no, uh, I mean, no, thanks, guys, and I appreciate. It. We're 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 family here, so yeah, absolutely. Screw up, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I tell my kids, look, you mess up, fess up. Yeah, I messed up, mm-hmm. so uh, sorry about that. Truly. <laughs> All right, you can stay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now, continuing with the message board, uh, Shreveport needs Levette. She's such an amazing person who has what is needed. I don't live in Shreveport, and I admire her. She she's the kind of person, um, though. You, I'm not going to agree with her on on right. everything. She's the kind of person that does her homework and will study an issue, and is passionate about it. And I think she will listen to the other side. At least listen. Oh, absolutely. And, she showed uh, that when mm-hmm. she was on city council, and and I meant that when I told her. I respect the fact that she didn't always just go along with the flow. Right. She looked at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, you know, she's she's behind the uh, reform Shreveport effort, and she's got a big picture thing. She's kind of up on a you know what do you what are those things that fly over 
drones. She's kind of up on a drone looking at the city now. And not being in the middle of the council, it gives you a different perspective. And I think she could be a big help with that because there are a lot of things that we could do better. And and we don't agree on a lot of things politically, socially, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we can we can we can respect and, you know, look at from Pinterest pins to reality in a facets of Shreveport inside the plumbing warehouse online at facets of Shreveport dot com. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I I almost texted my son this morning because I forgot to put something in the freezer that my my ice pack in the freezer. So I was going to text him and say, "Hey, can you put this in the freezer for me?" You picked up your phone. Yeah, you you can you put this in the freezer for me? I forgot before you go work out. And then I'm realizing Aww. he's not there. Yes. So I texted the dog. Can you put that in the fridge? No, the dog doesn't have a cell phone. But I, it got me to thinking, uh, you know, both my sons are grown men. I'm real proud of them. They're both very, you know, uh, sharp and they're going to be very successful. They both are already, to be honest. But sure. Um, I, it got me to thinking because I, I look at, you know, you can go through your old bo- uh, books of pictures and, and all that. And you can look on your phone. At what moment... Did you look at your children and go, man, they're growing up? I have a few moments, and I'm going to give you my three, and then I'm going to um, you you tell me what God, you're yours just are. throwing this at me now. I know I, I'm throwing it at you. I'm going to give you time to think about it. You too, Reuben. But I remember the time when because mine would go grocery shopping with me, and typically they would um, one would be I didn't take them when they were both. I had to you know manage them both when they were too little. But when I would take them both, or I would just take one, the day that they didn't want to ride in the shopping cart, you know, typically if I had them both, one would ride in the oh, little seat. Oh, you're going seat. that far back. Yeah, I'm going way back. Okay. One would, wow. ride in the, one would ride in the seat of the shopping cart, and one would stand up in the shopping cart. And the day that they both didn't want to get in the shopping cart... It was disapp- I was like, oh my gosh, they want to walk in the grocery store. They want the the <laughs> other time. There were two other times that were real. I vividly remember when they didn't want to hold my hand anymore. Like if we're crossing a street or doing something like that, and they and I'm like, give me your hand. No, I can do this, mom. And that was older. They were older when that happened. Okay. And then the t- third was when they wanted me to drop them off. A block away from school. <laughs> well, because you were doing the Uncle Buck, you were in the bathrobe and yeah, the slippers. That and was crushing. Curlers. That was crushing. And and once you get beyond that, I mean, there's lots of things after that. But I, those moments, they just I can remember them so well. So now, phrase your original question to me again, because I was thinking you were asking something different. I um, guess. Moments that you kind of know your kids are growing up growing up they're becoming big boys or big girls and you have to go oh gosh you gotta loosen up the the leash you have Uh, on them you know the first for me is uh, a little embarrassing but uh it's uh when i stopped being able to help them with their homework (gasps) oh that's a good one you know you know third grade you know <laughs> algebra did me in. I was not. God. I am not your gal for algebra. Yep, sorry, we're we, we got to hire a tutor now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big one. Oh man, that's true. I remember in the truck one time. Um, 
we would listen to the radio mm-hmm. on the way to school. Yeah. And and I, if a uh, hip hop song came on, right. I'm just I'm not a hip hop fan. Sure. And they look at me. You, 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 <laughs> the station real quick. <laughs> oh look. Oh gosh. You just made me laugh. Yeah. I just but remember. It's fine. Yeah. You know, my son has always been way more mature mm-hmm. than his age. Right. He's he's way smarter than I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. Just so intelligent and sensitive. So I. I I, I think I've always looked at him as being older than he right, actually was right, yeah. growing up. Mm-hmm. For me, it was almost more of a realization, oh, my gosh, he's not as old. Yes. You know, give the kid a break. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> slack off yeah. a little bit. I used it to the reverse, too, because for a long time, my kids would act like they didn't know how to run the dishwasher <laughs> or the washing machine and dryer. And then I saw my oldest one one time, I guess his soccer uniform needed to be cleaned, and he figured out the washing machine, and I thought, oh, good, you got a new chore. No, no, mom, I don't think I did it right. I don't. I think I messed it up. I don't think I know how to do that. I'm like, oh, yeah, and let me show you the dishwasher while we're at it, too. Yeah, and <laughs> another moment for me, my daughter, you know, she swam mm-hmm. ever since she was young. And when she was in school, she had swim practice. She never went to school with dry hair. You oh, know, her yeah. whole, I mean, mm-hmm. junior high, high school. But I remember in, in junior high, before she could drive, I would drive her to swim practice at 5 in the morning. Oh. And I remember her coming in going, Dad, get up. <laughs> I got to go to swim practice. Oh, no. <laughs> She's waking me up. Oh, wow. To get to yeah. practice. So oh, my, my kids, I, I was blessed with really good, really yeah, good kids. Me too. I just, I, I look back on those moments when I have a moment like today and I'm like, oh gosh, he's not going to be able to help me. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then to see the little tykes in the sheet. Nice the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. We got some responses to your question. When did you realize? You know, at what point did you realize that your kids were growing up? Mm-hmm. And and when you first asked, my my first was was like later in life. Like yeah. when when were they an adult? Right. But but you met. Like not wanting to hold your hand anymore. Yeah, pulling in, in away from mommy and daddy. Thing. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, Susu said, "Yeah, amen on the hand holding." Yeah, when they stop holding your hand. Oh, See, your I heart. got lucky. Neither one of mine really did that. They really pulled away. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Kathy says, "Aaron, mine was when I went to kiss my son's bobo, and he said that won't help." Oh, man. I died a little inside. Oh, gosh, yeah. That, yeah. Mine, I had a moment like that one time, too, because y'all all know if you could bottle it, you would, you'd be able to sell it. Mom spit fixes everything. Oh, God. You know, my, yeah. and at one point, one of my kids, I don't know which one of them went, 
you're going to have to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, guess they. Yeah, I, I guess remember, they were about twenty. I remember no, my I'm mom joking. It's no, not that. Scrubbing late. my face with she wet oh, her yeah. handkerchief with oh, her. Yeah. Oh, oh, you. <laughs> But if you could buy mom spit in a bottle, you would buy it. No, hell no, it I would not. It cleans everything. No, I'm sorry. no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Not, not even my own, I wouldn't. No. That did me in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't clean your little mouth or your little, oh, that's, uh, yeah. Mm. And then I had another moment too. You know, sometimes kids will have little, um, sorry, this is not really morning appropriate, but they would have little nose, you know, like books mm-hmm. and, um, and when I went take a tissue out to wipe the nose, uh, one of mine again said, I can do that, Mom. Just tell me if I've got a boogie. Tell me if I've got a boogie. And, and I'll give you a tissue. Okay. You have a boogie. Yeah. <laughs> if you're really grown, I shouldn't have to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so come here. <laughs> but, you know, you still, to this day, if I saw my sons, one of them with a boogie, I probably would go in with the tissue. Right. And they would look at me like I've lost my damn mind. Did you ever go in without a tissue? Oh, no. Well, <laughs> ew. no, no, I don't think so. Maybe at the pool. You right. know, if they come up and they've got, and you're, you're just, kinda you're just like, uh, let's put it over here where they're swimming, not <laughs> Enjoy your scrambled eggs this morning. Oh, yeah, sorry. I apologize for that. Just a little bit of a mom moment. So, uh, yikes. Tomorrow's Friday. I know. I can't believe it. And don't forget, free fishing weekend this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. You don't need a fishing license. You can go fishing for free.